Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to God's Planning. My name is Father Patrick Briscoe, and I'm joined here today by Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. Say hello to everyone, Father. Hi, everyone. How you doing? It's great to be here. So Father Jacob Bertrand, as most of you know by now, is the uh, vocations director of the province of St. Joseph. And, uh, uh, you know, you want to fill us in on the vocations front. Do we have any vocations right now? You know, that's, people that's, finding them? that's all in the mind of God. You know, I, I don't make vocations. I don't create them. I just sort of, I guess, work with them. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, things are going well, though. We're kind of, you know, now now that we're in March, we are sort of in application season. So men applying to the order and that sort of thing. So keeping me busy, a lot of paperwork, but it's it's good. So the Lord oh, can praise God. Bless and yeah, can't complain. Well, well that's all good news. Um, we're here today in the second week of Lent. Well, I mean, technically it's the first full week of Lent, right? That's right, yeah. Ash Wednesday was just last week, um, so maybe uh, maybe you've maybe you've already thrown off your Lenten resolution. You're like, well, nope. That's that's <laughs> what I was over. thinking already. It's like, oh gosh, here we go. It's like you know, you what have I gotten myself into? I was doing so well for all of 48 hours, and now I'm on the struggle bus for the rest of Lent. But I think that's kind of how it goes. Sometimes the 40 days of Lent feel more like the 40 years that the Israelites yeah. are can be Loving. tough especially when we take on incredible penances like fasting one day a week or something like that you know this <laughs> the trials that we that we suffer uh they they can kind of be too much to bear in the end so the struggle is real <laughs> the struggle is real last week our first uh back to basics episode was about confession again these are the kinds of things that we're thinking about during the lenten season that are really the the fundaments of the spiritual life what is, what is the core, what is the foundation of our life with God? What makes for a, a vibrant spiritual life? That's the sort of things we're asking. So the first thing you have to do if you want a vibrant uh, spiritual life is to acknowledge before God that I am a reprobate sinner and go to confession. It's intense. That's right. Yeah. No, you know, to say, to say that I'm a slug and that I need grace. A little bit of Catholic guilt for you there, just to kind of right. so, get that on board. But that's important what you say with this sort of title, right, of, you know, the, the kind of Lenten idea here that we're going with, the back to basics, because with, with our life in the church, with the Christian pursuit, it's so easy to kind of overcomplicate things or make, yeah, just get confused and lost. And it's, it's sort of refreshing and reassuring to be able to look at the, the call of Christ to holiness is really a simple one. I mean, it's to follow him. And we're messy, we're complicated, but we have to cling to the basics. So it's a great time, especially during Lent, to, re- to return to that. So you're, you're absolutely right saying, you know, the first step here is, is the, the repent and believe in the gospel, the repentance to, uh, that you guys talked about last week. So there you go. If you haven't had the opportunity to make your confession yet, that's your fault. <laughs> go, go and find a time and go to confession. Uh, make 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 a worthy confession and allow the and allow the graces of the sacrament that the Lord wants to offer uh, to pervade your life, right? Uh, so after that movement of repentance, after the movement of confession, uh, the thing the thing that the next thing that can really happen, the next important movement in the spiritual life is prayer. 
Um, so when we when we talk about prayer, all kinds of things can come to mind, right? Like you can think of, a, you know, a, a Buddhist monk meditating on a hill with like a sunset. You can think like a of song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can think of uh, you can think of a nun getting up at like three o'clock in the morning, breaking her sleep uh, to pray to pray for the church. You can think of a, you can think of a mom like fervently clutching the rosary as she's driving carpool, you know, asking to to have the grace to not to, to not throw her kids out of her minivan. Uh, you, you can think of lots of different things when we when we say prayer. So, Father, um, can you tell us, Father Jacob Bertrand, what just what is prayer? What is it all about? Yeah, we can, prayer, like with anything, prayer can be, have upteen kind of definitions and we can talk about different types of prayer and all these things. But, but in the end, what it all boils down to is our union or really what I, what I prefer, our, our friendship with God, that relationship that we, that we have uh, with God. And I, that begs the question like, well, why pray, right? If God knows, um, if God knows me, if God is you know omnipotent and all powerful and et cetera et cetera why why do i need time to pray um it's i guess a worthy question to ask we could always say well our lord tells us to pray always so um that's one reason simply because we're commanded and we have we should do it because that's what we do but i think we can say more about it i think there's a reason that even begs the question well why pray always why does our why does our lord ask us even to pray and right. uh right yeah, with, with anything, um, we have to, I think, understand the end of the thing. What's the point, right? Like, why, what is, what is the goal or what is achieved? I don't know. That's, that's kind of, I don't know if that's the best language to use with the spiritual life and grace, sort of like achieving something, but at least it, it begins to get the point across. across. Right. But what are we, what are we after? How about that? What are we after in a life of prayer? And the, and the answer the answer always has to be God, union with God, friendship with Christ. Um, if we think about the way that we're made, you know, the way that we image God to the, with our ability to know and to love, but most especially to know and to love him, it's this prayer, it's this time with God um, that, that is sort of the, the kind of fulfillment, but also the promise of the Christian life. Um, it's kind of the foretaste of our perpetual mm -hmm. or union with God in heaven. Um, mm -hmm. God is the end, our, our relationship with him, one, to, to glorify him, but also to be with him, to be right, to spend right. time with him as a, as a son or, or, or as a daughter. Really important to remember that. Right. I, um, I, I remember being taught um, at the House of Studies um, uh, uh, about the nature of prayer. Of course, we talked about it constantly in seminary formation. But one of the things that for me that, that was just absolutely groundbreaking and it was absolutely shattering was when we were exploring um, St. Thomas's understanding of the efficacy of prayer. So how is it that prayer works? You know, his, his, his kind of question uh, that you're asking, Father Jacob Bertrand, why, why is it that God wants us to pray? Um, St. Thomas has suggested that um, God's providence has ordained that some things should happen because of our prayers, right? Right. Like exactly. So, so in, in God's eternal plan for the universe, he has foreordained, he has decreed, that we can be participants in the way that he's shaping and ordering things um, and that some things would happen or not happen because we have, we have prayed for them. And he's included like that, that movement of our prayer in, in his plans for the universe. I mean, when I learned that, when I learned that, that prayer had that kind of power, 
um, it, it was just absolutely, um, you know, like I said, just absolutely groundbreaking for me. Uh, so prayer, of course, has an important um, part in the plan that God has for us. As Father Jacob Bertram was saying, prayer, prayer, is, uh, prayer has, a, has a clear end, which is that our souls would be brought to union with God, that we'd be united to him through it. Um, that we that, that we wouldn't be separated or alone. That we would be bound up in bound up in the kind of communion of, of love that God has among Himself. The exchange of the eternal exchange of love that is the Holy Trinity. I mean that that's what's being offered to us. Um, so what kinds of things are um, major obstacles to entering into us? Uh, you know, you you I know uh, in your in your preaching and your speaking about prayer, Father, uh, make a lot of references to the tradition. So what are the kinds of things that uh, that are that that have to happen in order to pray well yeah well the first the first thing that has to be acknowledged and particularly in the season of lent it's appropriate to consider but is 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 sin and the disorder that sin introduces into our lives um i guess perhaps even taking a step back from that we have to we can't forget the the fact that we as human beings are what we call hylomorphic beings or like two forms were body and soul united together and intimately so so that remember what we do it in our with our bodies affects our souls and our in our spiritual sort of nature but also what we do in our souls or with our souls or you know however that that sentence is formed affects our bodies it's a it's a whole sort of thing so sin whether that's like sort of spiritual or bodily affects the way in which we're able to pray and St. Thomas, when he talks about sin, he talks about sort of, the, he talks about the effects of sin and he lists three that are particularly important for, um, for the interior life or the pr life of prayer. Um, and those three are ignorance, malice, and weakness. So ignorance in the sense that like, we don't know God in the things of God. We're sort of turned off to that and, and wanting to know him. Malice, he talks about with respect to the will and that we're, we're sort of indifferent to the good and almost prefer the evil. So like, you know, we, we don't, we're turned off to this spiritual life and those good things, but then also weak. And, and perhaps this is the most that we, you know, we readily observe this in our own lives that, you know, we can't, we don't persevere. We're not, we don't chase after what is good for us readily. We kind of give up on those things. We sin in the same kind of ways over and over. And that affects the way we pray because we don't know God. We don't want to pursue God and we can't in some ways pursue God. So that that's, that's one thing, but we have to remember that this is what Christ came to save us from the sin, you know? So the, the grace that's offered through the sacraments, particularly baptism that forgives sin, but rekindles that divine life is the source and the foundation of our ability to pray. It's, it's the divine life within us. It's God working within us. Um, the other, so that, that's one thing. The other thing I'll, I'll mention briefly is that in, and when we say tradition here, we're not meaning like tratty liberal kind of thing but like the tradition of the of the christian spiritual life um so you don't have to wear a manipole to say like the tradition but you can wear a manipole uh, and when you're celebrating mass and say tradition you know whatever whatever you want to do but uh so the, the tradition here what like the desert fathers and these sorts of things there's this kind of triptych that i really like and i and i think about a lot in my own life and it's this movement from self-knowledge to self-acceptance to self-transcendence and not in a sort of like psychological examination of, of these sorts of things. Not, God made me this way, so I'll just like live with it. But in order to move beyond the ego, in order to move beyond, beyond sort of the, the narcissism or like the worship of self, we first have to know ourselves, self-knowledge. These are the gifts, talents, abilities God has given me, but also the, the weaknesses, the brokenness. This is who I am. Fine. Great. 
self-acceptance. Well, do you accept that or do you avoid it? Do you run? Do you hide? Do you cover it up? Do you do things to uh, pretend it's not there? You know, those sorts of things. We have to accept who we are. And the third, self-transcendence. We sort of have to, one of the keys to the spiritual life, to prayer, is detachment. And we'll talk about this more in like that. We're going to talk about like practicals of how to pray in a little bit. But detachment, I think, is so important to not get wrapped up in sort of the non-essentials, just to allow yourself to be, to enter into prayer, but also detach from yourself. Like, great, I'm a sinner. God allows sometimes people to be tempted by sin through their whole life. But that, does, that, that doesn't define our relationship with Christ. So to move beyond that, really important. Right, right. similarly, you know, in, in, in very much the same vein, um, I, I really love the moment of prayer that Catherine of Siena had one day right, where Jesus speaks to her and he tells her, do you know, daughter, who, I, who you are and who I am, right? Do you know, daughter, who you are and who I am? If you know these things, you have heaven in your hands, right? That's an um, awesome one, yeah. That's and, that, you know, this, this, this is, this is uh, the kind of twofold movement that goes right along, with, um, right along with the little triptych that you just gave us, right? Who is God and who am I? And right. then Catherine of Siena, right after that, she has this beautiful revelation. She, she, she says, um, you know, that I am she who is not, and God is he who is, right? Recognizing that just kind of, uh, the, the just kind of total self-effacement that we have to have in the, in the face of uh, the magnitude of God, right? Um, this whole coming to know yourself is, is, a, is a, the, 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 key, the key movement in, in Catherine of Siena's spirituality as um, Father Jacob Bertrand was just talking about it, it just pervades the whole Christian tradition. And, um, you know, if we're unwilling, if we're unwilling to go there, right, if we, if we can't say, this, this, is, this is what God has given me, and these are the ways that I need to change. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. remember, Father, but this was at, you know, when we first entered the order, um, I think it was like when we were receiving our habit or something, one of the priests described the novitiate to us and in this way he said that the novitiate the novitiate that first year formation for us isn't the place where you conquer your demons but it's the place where you learn about the demons you'll be fighting for the rest of your life and i remember hearing that i was like oh my god that's the most (laughs) thing i've ever heard but it's so true it's so true you know we can't we can't say that like uh, if if we enter into like a good kind of like whatever good even means here like six months of prayer that like we're going to be freed of everything you know it's our brokenness, you know, often that healing takes a long time and that relationship with Christ takes time to work on us um, because, because of who we are and how God wants to lead us to himself in prayer and in union with him. Um, I'll, I'll, this, this other thing popped into my mind. I'm sure I know you've read him too, Father Jacques Philippe. His, his oh writing. man, he's fantastic. Great. Huge in his, fan. In his book, these short little books on the spiritual life called Interior Freedom, he has this lot. He says that God doesn't, God works on realistic people, on real people, something like that. I might be misquoting, but it's incredibly true. And what Father Philippe is saying is that, like, God, God's grace in the life of prayer, um, these sorts of things happen in reality. We can't pretend to be something we're not because God's grace works on reality. And he draws us into prayer. In, in, the, in how we are now, even as sinners, he wants that union with us and he wants to purify us of that sin and lead us beyond. But we, we have to be willing to recognize um, the, the things that, you know, Father Patrick and I have mentioned that, yeah, we're, we're sinners, um, but grace is real and the sacraments are real. And that union with God that is the end of prayer and the end of Christian life is also really on offer. It's really on offer. 
and, and prayer is nothing but pursuing that relationship with him um, and chasing after that. So that that's kind of, I think, why we pray, you know, the efficaciousness, but also that union with God. Well, so this has been our, the first part of our conversation on prayer. We're going to take a short break right now and be, be right back with you. Um, we're talking about the fundaments of the spiritual life um, in our Back to Basics Lenten series. Um, and we'll be back in a, in, a, in, a short, in a short minute to talk to you about the practical aspects of prayer. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed a few moments to recollect yourself and get ready for the the tips on waging the battle. Yeah, this is always a dangerous area because I don't, I'm no expert in the spiritual life. Like Kaveh, maybe I shouldn't have said that on on air, but you know, (laughs) you know. Take it from us. We're, we're, we are the, you know, the real desert fathers here. Father Patrick and I, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two 21st century millennial priests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically desert wisdom on hand. Oh, yeah. Yep. Perfect. Great. Ready so one of, the first, one of the first things that both of us say ad nauseum, and uh, we, we repeat it because we were told it, and it's true that in order to have a vibrant and living prayer life, it has to be a habit. One has to cultivate the habitus of prayer, as we Thomas like to say. Um, what does that mean, Father Jacob Bertrand? Yeah, well, we can think about that, or like what a habit means. And when we're talking about a habit in sort of the moral life or the spiritual life, we're not talking about a habit in the Pavlovian sense of like bell rings, we salivate, though that may be the case in Dominican life. Because if you look at our schedules, we always eat after we pray. So like, you know, our, our time in the chapel, is kind of the Pavlovian bell. And then we just like march off. To it's the like chapel. getting a little reward, you know, thanks yeah, exactly. for being here. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but, but what we're talking about here is, is a habit that is not mindless, but mindful that involves mm-hmm. the whole mind and the will that we that we that kind of cultivates our personality our character um so real quick example like you know somebody on the vice side on the vicious side some a liar is a liar because he lies he's built that habit of of lying uh and and that's that's who he is so we want to say the same thing on the virtue side and on the prayer side you know somebody is prayerful because they pray and this takes time to acclimate so even in simple ways like thinking about sitting and making a holy hour if you've never made a holy hour before going in and, and, and sitting for an entire hour, that could be difficult. That's a challenge, you know, and for other people, for, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, nuns of perpetual adoration who adore the Lord, and that's what they've given their life to. I mean, a holy hour, it's, you know, at least doing it, they're used to it. So we have to build the habit of spending time, of finding quiet, of knowing sort of what works for us in the spiritual life. Uh, you know, all of these kind of things take time to build that that habit of, of prayer so that it doesn't seem foreign because often when we begin in the in the in the spiritual life to pray it's kind of like what am I doing what do I say right, this, right. this is so strange and it could that's fine great let it be strange because it is strange you're not habituated to it but it's that it's that regular returning to it and that commitment to it that that builds up this relationship with Christ so that we move from the strange to sort of the normal and then from like the normal practice to like, this is, this is where my heart is. You know, this is where I am. 
Um, so it takes time, though. Right, takes- right. I've I've always appreciated um, analogies uh, that the prayer is like learning a language, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was in when I was in high school, I did an immersion program in France, and um, you know we d- we didn't speak any English during those weeks, and I I have never in my life been as tired as I was those first few days because it was so exhausting to express my simplest needs, right? You just had to think so hard um, to, to learn. Father to Patrick has a lot of needs. You can only imagine the difficulty here. <laughs> so, the, so, so uh, you know, prayer is like that though. When you're, when, you're, when you're trying to figure out how am I going to express myself to God? Like what, what exactly am I going to tell the author of the universe who already knows what's in the deepest depths of my heart? How am I going to talk to him about those things? Um, and so, so in that way, prayer is like learning a language, right? Getting, getting, um, getting this, getting this um, habitus, this habit, this well-formed um, inclination, this readiness to speak um, with God. Uh, but it does, it does happen that it that um, it will come if you're faithful to prayer um, with greater ease and frequency uh, throughout life. That I can testify to. Right, for sure. And the thing here too is, you know, we have to remember, we have to remember that we're not rewarded, you know, we're not drawn, God doesn't draw us into his life um, because we're perfect or because we're like, we try harder or doing better. You know, we're not rewarded for our perfection, but our perseverance. Our job in the life of prayer is not to sort of pray well. Um, The Lord never commands us pray well. He says, pray always. There's a difference there and an important one because even when we're saying pray well, who or what is the metric of good prayer? Is it me? Am I the metric of my good prayer? Because, you know, sometimes there are consolations and prayer feels great and other times it's very dry and it doesn't. Um, are my sort of swinging affect, affective relation, you know, reactions the metric of good prayer? I would hope not because I'm mostly grumpy all the time. So like, my prayers is, is not always, you know, like roses, you know? So it's just how I am as a person. I'm an uber choleric. That's just what I am. But uh, it's also the case that like, how are we, how do we, how, how could we presume to have a sort of metric on our own spiritual life? How do we sort of measure the grace? And so we, we don't, we can't. So we kind of, this is another thing with the detachment is we kind of have to let go of um, kind of our expectations. And remember that it's, that the, our Lord's grace works even when, we, even when we're fighting with distraction the whole time. Our Lord's grace works even if we get up and we're like, oh my gosh, that was like the longest hour of my life or longest 10 minutes of my life. One of the, one of the things, uh, this story I often remember, I was in college and I was first starting to think about priesthood and, and Father Patrick met my father, Father Lamort, who, is, who, who was the chaplain at the school where I went. Really, really, really awesome priest. Great priest. Yeah. I, uh, I went to, his, to for a spirit direction one time or meeting, whatever. And I was just, you know, like a college junior and kind of complaining about my life and like how prayer, like, I don't know what to do. And I remember he, the school Typical I went to, millennial snowflake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the school I went to was, was over sits or sits along the Hudson river and uh, in New York. And uh, he was just sitting on his back deck in a chair, like not even paying attention to me, like in a lounge chair, like it was a sunny spring day. And just like, I was so frustrated. <laughs> He just, without looking up, he, he said, he said, you just need to go to the chapel, sit down and shut up. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I need to be, I need, I need empathy. I need to, I, someone make me feel better about myself. But it was the best <laughs> advice ever. It was like, like, just go, go and be with God is what he was saying. I mean, he said, it right. like, 
you know, his own way. Go to Dr. Right. Shah. But it's, it's right. persevere. Give God the time to work on you. Similarly, Father Clem Burns told us when we were novices in one of his Wednesday conferences, um, when there was preaching at Vespers, um, Father, Father Clem told us that uh, there will come a time in your life where the only prayer possible is butt prayer. <laughs> and what he means by that is to sit your butt in the chapel and just be there. Just do it. And, and sometimes that's all you can do. You can just put yourself, uh, you could do everything to be well disposed and to, and to ask God for the graces of prayer. Um, but this, this, these, these, are, these both are the, are the kinds, of, uh, kinds of phrasings, kinds of articulations, kinds of demonstrations of the need to, um, to just humble ourselves before God, to be faithful to it, yeah. to ask him to come into our life, right? Um, yeah. One of the things that was so funny for uh, both Father Jacob Burton and myself um, in the novitiate was uh, learning to pray around other people, right? Mm. Uh, so in the, in, in the novitiate, in the Dominican Oscar Studies, even in, even in uh, my, my community here at Providence College, um, we, we, keep, we keep common prayer regularly, right? So if you're in the chapel, um, it, is, it is the case that very often when you're doing your meditation, there's someone else there. Uh, so close to you, close by, <laughs> close by. And uh, because there's someone else there, they will be uh, moving and sniffing and Russell. clearing their throat, <laughs> you know, just like being in proximity to you. And so sometimes it can feel like, um, you know, these, these small sounds of human life, right, can feel more like D-Day <laughs> in Normandy. Like I came here to be silent before God and you served me to stop sniffing. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And these things too, they're, I mean, it's just a kind of acclimating to where you are and being, you know, whatever, sensitive. So to these... Yeah, you, you mentioned too, Father, just before you were saying sort of disp dispositions and kind of disposing yourself to prayer and kind of like, because the question I often get, and even sometimes in my own life, like, well, what do I do? You know, like, what do I do in a holy hour? What do I do when I go to the chapel? Uh, this is exactly where I was going. Yep. Good. So, I mean, what do you do? What, what do, you, do you do? <laughs> yeah. So I, I always think the first thing, the first thing that one has to do is pray for the grace to pray. Right. So um, to make the sign of the cross, uh, the office, uh, meaning the liturgy of the hours, the recitation of the Psalms that every priest and um, consecrated religious prays throughout the day. The office begins with this prayer, God come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. And so I always pray that when I, when I, begin, my, when, when I begin my own prayer, right? I ask the Lord uh, to give me the grace um, to be able to be with him, right? So I think there needs to be some kind of, um, some kind of, uh, some kind of movement like that, right? Um, asking the Lord to, um, to, uh, to, to accept the time. Um, I always sit in my stall. Some, some fires kneel, some fires stand. Some fires move. Um, I just sit in my stall. For those who don't know, are our seats in choir in the chapel. They call them choir stalls. Yeah, exactly. I sound like a horse in a barn. Yeah. <laughs> I sit in my stall. I sort of arrange my hay nicely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are those are our seats in the chapel, and you know, and I and I just sit there, right? And so this works well in a pew because churches have pews, right? So it's very similar. Um, and um, I, I just have my my hands um, resting in my lap, folded. Um, and I close my eyes and I always have the same physical posture. 
And I think that that has allowed a kind of comfort to build, right? I'm used to sitting yeah. like that and you it's don't have my, to think about it anymore. Exactly. It's just it's just my posture. Um and so so like what I'm describing is a kind of rhythm in my own life that I've you know that 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 um that I'm accustomed to. Uh, maybe you do probably the same thing, Father. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I also sit when I when I tend to pray generally. Um I also I find that that reading at the beginning of prayer is often very helpful. So I always keep like a spiritual book in my, in my stall where I sit in, in the chapel. Um, and sometimes I'll read that and sometimes to help sort of like get into the spirit of prayer or to sort of like move my mind from like the thousand concerns that I have and that everybody else has to God, you know, to focus right. on him or the scriptures are also great. But I think we have to find there, there's a great freedom here in kind of finding what works for you when you begin your prayer, you know, when you, need to get into prayer and um you know whether whether it's that reading or whether it's sort of there's like taking a few minutes to kind of recollect and or make you know what whatever it may be there's there's freedom in that and you kind of have to play around with like what works and sometimes for a season for a certain amount of time one thing works and then you know you kind of fall out of favor or, you know it's like eh, this isn't really working fine you know the, the 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 thing is not that we have our checklist of these are the 10 things I do during prayer. The thing is like what helps me focus on God and turns my mind to God so that I can make a prayer of petition and, you know, ask for the graces that I need, but then also that I can meditate upon God and think about him and the things of God. Uh, but we have to find what works for us. And, and that's right. just fine. And that's right. just fine. Um, After reading, you know, rather than do that, I found in my own life that I'm, I'm just so tempted by distractions that I have to front load all of that. So I just do, I, I end up with a kind of litany of petitions, right, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I say every everything that everyone has asked me to pray for that I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just I just go through it, right? For you know, for such and such that he'll that he'll come back to the faith. Um, for so and so that she can find the job that she's asked for, you know, for this particular situation, right? And I just I just unload all of those requests um, to God. And then I think, you know, what, what, I, what I would like to underscore that you were just saying is that the prayer is about thinking about God, right? Um, that the prayer is about thinking about God. So, do, so doing things that really, really and truly raise our minds and our hearts to him um, is just absolutely important. Um, the last thing that I want to say, just like the last practical tip, is um, to give God the best time, right? I pray first thing in the morning. If I do not do it first thing in the morning. I'm um, the same way. It, it, it is not as good. It's just not as good. My day yeah. is not as nice. Um, it has to be the first thing I do. And I consider that just an offering that I pour out to God. It's like, okay, Lord, here's this amount of time. I'm going to light it on fire for you. I'm yeah. just going to waste great. it. Sometimes it's not. You know, like some, some mornings, like, oh, for the love of God, there's not enough caffeine in the world right now. <laughs> like, I'm going to sit here half asleep because I love you, Jesus. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it is. Yeah, I think one last thing that I find helpful in my prayer life here as we're kind of getting towards the end is, is that remember that like our, our prayer life with God is immensely personal, but it's not exclusively personal. In fact, it's right. also immensely ecclesial. You know, we're, we're in the right. body of Christ and we ought to rely on that. So like the sacrament, the Eucharist, of course, is the source and summit of our life. So all that we do as Christians leads to that union with God. But also the other sacraments, we talked about the sacrament of penance, rely on those graces there and the graces of your baptism and your confirmation these all contribute it all interplays but also rely on the liturgical seasons you know so when the church does penance do penance during lent 
pray, fast, give alms. But when the church rejoices during Easter, during Christmas, rejoice with the church. You know, follow the guidelines right. and the readings and the rhythms of the church because that's the God, those are the rhythms of, of the Christian soul. So we're not kind of casting our nets out into this vast void of prayer where it's like, I don't even know. You know, um, sometimes it may feel like that. But trust that God wants to be with you. He wants you to be with him. And trust that the church, too, also gives you the grace uh, through the sacraments and through the sacramentals and through the life of the church to pursue that and to be with him. Um, we're, we're not in it alone, you know, even though prayer is, is often a very personal and intimate um, encounter with God or can be. Mm. As Father Gregory would say, dig. Don't say it. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> gonna say that <laughs> uh well thanks for listening for joining us today for this episode on prayer um again we're talking about the basics of the spiritual life if there's someone you think that could benefit from thinking about confession share with them last week's episode if there's someone that could benefit from thinking about prayer share with them this week's episode we hope that all of these things lead you to deeper union with god that they strengthen your spiritual life this lent and they contribute ultimately uh, to the glories of god's kingdom god bless Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.